Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, Nehemiah chapter 6 If you've been with us, we've been on a journey with Nehemiah, this Hebrew boy, really a Hebrew man from uh, Shushan, and he was the king's cupbearer. If you've been with us, a very brief recap this morning, he got burdened. Nehemiah got burdened about his home city, the city of Jerusalem, because the walls were broken down, the city was torn down, the gates were gone. But he wasn't necessarily burdened for the walls. He was burdened because the people within the walls, they were suffering reproach. They were suffering affliction. They were causing God's name to look bad because of not really caring about their status and not really caring about being claimed as the people of God. And so Nehemiah hears about this and he gets a great burden. God gives him this burden to go and do something. And he begins praying. And for four months, he asks God, God, what can I do? And eventually God would lay it on his heart to go back to Jerusalem, a city that he had never been to. And Nehemiah was called to go there and to help build those walls back up. So he prayed for the king, uh, Artaxerxes, to uh, maybe have a, have a burden and share that burden with him. And one day Artaxerxes saw his heart and sorrow of heart and said, Nehemiah, what's on your mind? And Nehemiah said, I want to go and I want to help rebuild the walls. And Nehemiah summarizes it well in, in uh, Nehemiah chapter two and verse number eight, when he says the king did all that the Lord had, or God did everything God had done. He had had granted according to my request. Listen, we all need God working in our life, just like Nehemiah had it. Nehemiah would go to the city of Jerusalem and over chapters three, four, and five, we have seen him along with a number of people just build the walls. But we have to remember this. The book of Nehemiah is not about walls. Mark it down. The book of Nehemiah, it is not about walls. You know what the book of Nehemiah is about? It's about people. The book of Nehemiah is about the name of God. And I want to tell you this morning, as we look at 10 years, and I was really praying uh, to continue the series today or to go to John 12, but God really laid this message on my heart because as we celebrate 10 years, As a church family, as you celebrate God working in your life for a week, or you celebrate God working in your life for a year, you need to understand that today is not about a church. Today is not about a building. Today is about God's name and his people. It's about God's name and his people. And and so this morning, we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter number six. How many of you like to go hiking? I'm not a big hiker. I don't really, I enjoy being with the family and doing that. But if you were to ask me what's a good time, Pastor, I'm probably not going to be like, hey, could we go hiking? Uh, But a few months ago, we got to go. Of course, my in-laws live up in Republic, Pastor Perkins, Pastor's Liberty Baptist Church in Republic, Washington. And as we were up there with our whole family, Hannah, it it was last August, I think, Hannah said, hey, can we plan to go on a hike when we go up there? And I thought, okay. I'll take one for the team, you know? And uh, I remember we, we were excited about it, but we went on this, on this hike. And have you ever been hiking with teenagers or preteens? They hate hiking more than I do. And we got going, and as we started on this trail... Hannah, of course, she had been on it. We had not been on it. And as we're going, she would say, oh, man, oh, I I remember up here, there's a really good view. Oh, right, just right around the corner, there's a great view. And the kids, they'd go, 
okay. They'd start walking. We went a little further, and, and one of the kids would say, hey, uh, here's a bench. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to sit. I'll just, I'll just wait for you guys. And Hannah and I both, by now, I'm like, no, if I'm doing this, you're doing this, you know. And I said, no, no, come on, you can do this. Hey, around, listen, around the next curve, there's going to be a great view. Around the next curve, there's going to be a great view. And sure enough, we would turn, we would turn that curve on that, on that hike, and, and you'd be right over there looking into a valley, a beautiful scene. And the kids would go, okay, now we're done. No, 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 no. Around the next one, there's another awesome view. Let's keep going. And so we just kept going. And pretty soon we were a mile into this and a mile and a half into this hike. And every time the kids wanted to stop, I would just say, no, let's just make it around the next turn. Let's make it around the next turn. Why? Because there's something beautiful around the next turn. There's something amazing around the next turn. You know what? Sometimes in life, some, listen, Sometimes in life, we miss the wonderful things that God wants to do because we quit before the next turn. And this morning, I want to challenge you with two words. Don't quit. You don't know what's around the corner. Don't quit. Nehemiah chapter 6. The wall is all but built. We're going to see today, Nehemiah is tempted to quit. He's mistreated, thinking about quitting. He faces fear, thinking about quitting. But today, we're going to journey with Nehemiah to understand, no matter what comes your way, don't quit. Nehemiah chapter 6, let's stand and turn to verse number 1 of Nehemiah chapter 6 this morning. Nehemiah chapter 6, just want to read a few verses, and then we'll, we'll go through the whole chapter, but just the first couple of verses today. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse number 1, the word of God says this, Now it came to pass, when Samballot and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian, these are the folks that have been enemies of, of Nehemiah since he entered the land. Man, they have been against him since chapter number 2. When they heard that I, Nehemiah, had builded the wall, And that there was no breach left therein. It was 98% complete, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Here's what Nehemiah is saying. Hey, listen, they heard we were almost done. Verse 2, we're going to see opposition just come hard. We'll get to that in a moment. Skip down to verse 15. Opposition comes, challenges come. But verse 15 is still there. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse number 15. So the wall was, what's that word? Finished. Finished. Man, the wall was finished in in the 20 and 5th day of the month Elul in 50 and 2 days. Man, 52 days they completed this wall. And we do not have time to look at the magnificent feat that that was. But 52 days the wall is complete. But notice it doesn't end. And it came to pass, watch this. It came to pass that when all of our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes. Why? For they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. This morning, I hope by the end of the message, you'll love Nehemiah chapter six as much as I do. Because it is an incredible challenge in two words. Don't quit. 
Things are gonna come your way. Moses Lake Baptist, challenges are gonna come towards our church. We're going into a building program. Challenges are gonna happen. Personalities are gonna flare up. The devil's gonna fight. In your Christian life, trials come. Trials are like Walmart. You say, what do you mean? You're either going to Walmart, in Walmart, or just come out of Walmart. Or you need to be at Walmart. Just like trials. You're either in one, just come out of one, going into one, or it's about to hit you in the face. I want to tell you this morning two words that we're going to look at the entire morning. Don't quit. Lord, thank you for the day. I thank you for the word of God. Thank you for how you use it to help us. And God, I pray this morning that as we look into your word that you would speak. I pray, God, that as we, as we get into this and celebrate 10 years and look back on blessings, Lord, I pray that you would use the message today to challenge us to not quit. We love you, Lord. I thank you for your love for us. Pray that you would work in our hearts. We give you permission to speak to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What we find in Nehemiah chapter 6 is the fact that the wall is almost built. Now, if you've been with us on our journey, we know that opposition and challenges were nothing new for Nehemiah. As a matter of fact, he's already faced the opposition of discouragement. He's already faced the opposition of enemies trying to attack. Uh, he's already faced the opposition of, of some uh, uh, skirmishes within the people. But this morning, and I want us to understand this today, this morning when things are about to be done, we would think, well, the opposition goes away. I mean, they're almost done. Surely the opposition goes away. But what I want us to understand this morning is that when you and I when the devil knows victory's around the corner, opposition's gonna ramp up. Hey, things are gonna get a little harder. Hey, listen, you make any decision, you make any decision in your life, make a decision to read the word of God faithfully and watch what the devil does. Hey, make a decision to be a mom or a dad that puts God first, watch what the devil does. Hey, make a decision to be faithful to church, watch what the devil does. Coronavirus. Hey, make a decision. Uh, sorry, just came to me. Hey, make a, listen, make a decision to give to God. Watch what the devil does. Make a decision to be the, the worker that has character and watch what the devil does. You know what happens? The devil notices, oh no, something's about, something's about to go down. You know what the devil does? He says, all right, I can take this one out. All right, I can take this one out. And you and I, every single one of us, you know what we walk around with? We walk around with a big bullseye on us. A bullseye that the devil says, I know God wants to use them and I'm going to, with every part of me, I'm going to fight. And this morning, the devil's gonna fight our church. This morning, we look and the devil, he fought Nehemiah. He challenged Nehemiah. But Nehemiah doesn't quit. I want you to notice some of the challenges that Nehemiah faced. And this morning, I want to say that you and I in our Christian life as, and as a church, we are going to face plenty of challenges, but don't quit. Notice the challenges with me. I want you to see, first of all, in your life and in my life and Nehemiah's life, but in our life, temptation will come. Hey, temptation, to, temptation will come, and it's not just temptation to sin. It's temptation to quit. Temptation will come. 
Notice it in Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter six, verse number one. Notice what we read just a moment ago. It came to pass when Samballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies, when they heard that the, I builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, it came to pass at that time that Samballat and Geshem, they sent unto me saying, come, let us meet together and some one of the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me mischief. In these verses, we find that it's not just now Tobiah, Samballat, and Geshem. Verse number one says that all the enemies are coming after him. Now the rest of the enemies are joining in. They're all going to come after Nehemiah. And what do they do? They, they plot. And what's their plot? Well, let's, let's tempt Nehemiah to come down from the work. Hey, Nehemiah, you're doing some things well. Hey, Nehemiah, uh, you've done something worthwhile. You've accomplished a lot. Hey, Nehemiah, you deserve a break. Hey, Nehemiah, uh, you deserve this, this lunchtime together. Hey, Nehemiah, why don't you come down and meet us in the valley of oh no. What does Nehemiah do? Verse three and four, Nehemiah sent them messengers. And notice what he says. It says, I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Yet they, watch this, yet they sent unto me four times after this sort. I love the end of verse four. And I answered them after the same manner. <clears throat> Nehemiah, he understood it wasn't about a wall. Nehemiah said, hey, I'm involved in a great work. What was the great work? Listen, I'm helping people in their lives. Listen, we are about glorifying the name of God. That's what Nehemiah was saying. Hey, I'm involved in a great work. This is not about the walls. There is something greater going on. And we're going to see at the end of the message, Nehemiah would end up staying in, in Jerusalem for 12 more years. 12 years, Nehemiah would be there building a wall. I thought they were done. Right. It's not about a wall. Is about the name of God and the people of God. And here's Nehemiah facing this temptation. Hey, Nehemiah, here's a, here's a challenge. Why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and quit? Nehemiah, things are almost done. Hey, Nehemiah, yeah, victory might be around the corner. Completion might be around the corner. Nehemiah, you are 98% complete. It's time to quit. Can I just tell you this morning that in your life, as you follow Jesus, every single step that you take closer to him is a great work. It's a great step. Every decision that you make that increases your faith and your love for God, it is a great thing. And the devil sees it and the devil knows it. And that's why he fights so hard and sends temptation to quit all along the way. Temptation to slow up. Temptation to just take some time away from the word of God. Hey, you've been doing it enough. You don't, you don't necessarily need to, you don't need to talk to others about the Lord this week. You've already done that. Hey, you, you can take a day off of praying, spending time with him. Why? It's just a day. It's just one day. There might even be a temptation to sin. It's just one time. It's something you can handle. Hey, you deserve it. Can I say this morning that the devil would love for you to come down from what you are doing for the Lord? He would love for you to give into temptation and to come down 
from accomplishing what God has called you to accomplish, from being that dad or that mom that lifts up Jesus, from being that husband or that wife that that is that selfless servant within the home, from being somebody who tells others about Jesus, from being, so the devil wants to stop you from being someone who gives and from being someone who goes and from being someone uh, who's, who's gracious. Listen, the devil, he wants you to quit. So what is, what's he gonna do? He's gonna tempt you to quit. But I wanna tell you this morning, when temptation comes, that temptation to quit, when it comes, hey, don't quit. Don't quit, why? You don't know what's around the corner. Hey, hey, Nehemiah, don't quit, why? You're 98% complete with the wall, man. Nehemiah, don't quit, all you got left is the doors and the gates. Nehemiah, don't, what would have happened if Nehemiah would have said, okay, we'd be reading a different story, wouldn't we? Do you know what happens in a lot of Christians' lives? The devil comes and tempts them to quit, and they say, okay. And then we read a different story. Not the one God had planned. Can I encourage you this morning? Temptation's gonna come. Don't quit. What's the second thing, second thing that came? Mistreatment. Hey, mistreatment will come. Mistreatment's gonna come. Notice verse five down through verse number nine. Then Sanballat, then, then sent Sanballat his servants unto me in like manner the fifth time. Man, these people are relentless. And they sent with an open letter. You know what an open letter is, right? An open letter is a letter about somebody to everybody. An open letter is that Facebook complaint that gets posted. And it's addressed to that corporation or it's addressed to that old friend and it's addressed, it's addressed to that church or whatever it may be. And it's an open letter. It's about somebody, but to everybody. Well, notice what the open letter said. He sends a fifth time with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written. Here's what's there. It is reported among the heathen and Geshmu or Geshem saith it that thou, Nehemiah, And the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king, according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now it shall be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. Hey, let us give you some advice about this. Then I sent unto him, saying, there are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest or makest them up out of thine own heart. For because they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. As we continue in the story of Nehemiah, we find that temptation didn't work to get Nehemiah to quit. So what do they do? Well, they try another tactic. What's the tra- tactic now? Well, it's bullying. It's verbal attacks. It's lies. It's all around mistreatment. They send this open letter, and in the open letter, basically they're saying, hey, Nehemiah wants to glorify himself. He's trying to set up a miniature kingdom. Hey, Nehemiah, you are doing all of this. You're building the wall. You're doing it all to promote yourself. And as a matter of fact, you even have paid prophets, paid preachers that are now standing and preaching and saying that you are the new king in Judah, that you are the new king in Jerusalem. When you look at this, every attack, and we don't have time to do it this morning. I wish we could just spend hours elaborating on this. 
Some of you are like, please don't. I won't. I won't. But you know what we find is we find all of these accusations, they are the exact opposite of Nehemiah. They really are. Think about Nehemiah. He was selfless. Nehemiah was a servant. Nehemiah was a giver. Nehemiah paid to freed other Jewish slaves. Nehemiah, he was a leader. He wasn't wanting to be first. No, it was all about God. That was the burden in Nehemiah chapter one. But now, you know what they're doing? They're coming and they're making up lies. But you know what they're really attacking? They're attacking his motives. That's what they're doing. They're attacking, they attack Nehemiah's motives and they're beginning to cause others to doubt. That's what verse nine is talking about, that they caused that fear. Now, you know what's happening? Remember, Nehemiah's only been there. He's only been in town for a few months. That, that's when all of these attacks come. He's only been there for a few months. He's the new kid on the block, so to speak, not the, not the band. <laughs> Those of you from like the 90s that know what that is. Uh, he's, he's new to the neighborhood. But you know what? You know what people are starting to do? They're starting to go, Maybe that's what he is doing. Maybe, maybe he is trying to set up a kingdom. And they begin to be afraid and have fear. And I love Nehemiah's response because he just simply says, oh God, strengthen my hands. You know what his response to them was? You're making up lies. I'm not gonna defend them. God, I need you to deal with this. I would never want to badmouth anybody or say anything in a negative way. But those of you from our beginning days, you'll probably connect a few of the dots that I'm about to say. I'll be honest and tell you, when, God, when we first started the church, our first year of ministry was the honeymoon year, wasn't it? It was just everything was clicking People were getting saved almost every week. Somebody was trusting Christ as Savior. We were seeing people baptized. I mean, it was, you know, it, it was a core group of 20 people. And then next Sunday, we had 27. And then the third Sunday, we had 32. And then we had 39. And then we went back down to 34. And then we hit 41. And then we, and it just, it just kind of kept going. And that first Christmas presentation, we had 214 at church. It was it was incredible. It wasn't it. It was, it was just like, whoa, there is something happening. But you know what happened? Is along the way, some people got hurt. People got offended. People got upset. And you know what I began hearing? I remember Brian coming to me and saying, hey, pastor, hey, so-and-so is talking about you and they're saying this. Is that true? I went, no, Brian, it's not. He said, ah, all right. I knew that. I just thought I'd come tell you. I remember my mic coming. Hey, hey, pastor. Hey, there's this going on over here. And so-and-so, they're, they're saying this. Pastor, I know it's not true. What, what should I do? I say, hey, Mike, let's just pray. And I remember Chad and I going out to lunch. And Chad's saying, hey, pastor, I'm, I'm hearing about some of these. I'm hearing this and this and this. I know it's not true. What, what do we do? You know what? I began to face some slander and face people writing that just lies about us, lies about my family. 
And then I began to hear my five and six-year-old, who are now not five and six. (laughs) I began to hear them two years into our church plant, three years into our church plant, say, Daddy, why does so-and-so say their mommy and daddy talk about you? Why Why does this happen? Dad, why are they, Dad, why does that person say this? And I began to watch it hurt my family. You know what you want to do when that happens? Man, I want to fight. Remember Brian, those first few, man, there was times Brian and I, we'd just be like, let's do it. Let's take somebody, man. Where is Leo? Let's take somebody out. But you know what I knew? I knew I don't need to defend myself. And I'm not saying this to boast on me. I'm saying like, I honestly did not know what to do, but I knew defending myself wasn't the answer. And so you know what I did with those men that had come to me? I said, well, let's just pray. And we went through a span where that 160 people that was kind of our core, Troy, you remember it, dwindled down to one Sunday we walked in and there was 60 of us. I remember Troy going, hey, pastor, where's where's everybody? And me going, I don't know, man. Let's just keep praying. Can I tell you, during that time, I remember Hannah and I sitting in the parsonage, the house next door. We had a little black leather couch. I was sitting on one part of the corner and she was sitting on the other part of the corner. And I remember looking at her. We were two and a half, almost three years in. And I said, now I get it. She said, now you get what? I said, now I get why people leave churches after two and a half and three years. I said, babe, if I, knew, if I didn't know God had called us here, we would move. I said, this is, this, this is getting ridiculous. But you know what? I'm so glad that I didn't quit that time. Yeah. You want to know why? Because when all, when, and, and again, I'm not trying to badmouth anybody. You, you guys that have been here for the first years, you understand where I'm at on this. I, I, didn't, I don't wish harm on anybody that has said things. I, can, I still hug those people to this day. I'm never even going to tell anybody who they are or what they said. You know what I started? If they walked in today, I'd give them a hug and tell them, man, I love you and I'm so glad you're here. But I'm so glad I didn't quit because as soon as we went through that season, we began to see the spirit of our church just totally come alive. I don't know those of you, I don't know if you remember 2014, 2015, 2016. We saw more, that all happened at the end of 2013. We saw more people saved in 2014 than we had in 2012 and 2013 almost together. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying there's going to come times when people don't understand the steps you take. People don't understand why you want to follow the Lord. They don't understand why you want to tithe. They don't understand why you would give to a building fund. They don't understand why you want to read your Bible, why you want to spend weekends in church. They don't understand why you want to listen to godly music. They don't understand those things. And slander might come. Hey, mistreatment is going to come. Don't quit. Why? Because you, you just don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what's around the corner. And I'm so thankful we didn't quit. I'm so thankful many of you haven't quit. And this morning, I want to tell you, temptation will come. Don't quit. Mistreatment will come. Not everybody's going to understand as you make decisions for God. Not everybody's going to understand that. Don't quit. What's the third thing that came their way? Fear. Fear will come. Oh, listen, this is a big one. This is a huge one. If you're breathing in here, I'm not going to have you raise your hand because there's somebody that maybe might be asleep and we'd all get scared. (laughs) But let me tell you the truth this morning that if you still have breath in your lungs, 
This one is going to come for you. Notice what takes place, Nehemiah chapter six, verse nine through 14. For they all made us afraid, saying, their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Afterward, I came unto the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabil. Man, look at all these names. We're there again. Who was shut up and he said, uh, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us shut the doors of the temple for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And lo, I perceived, man, I saw right through this that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me or Tobiah and Sembalat had hired him. Therefore, was he hired that I should be afraid? I think I skipped some verses, did we? No. Therefore, was he hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin and that they might have matter for an evil report that they might reproach me. My God, think thou upon Tobiah, and Samballot, according to these their works, and on the prophetess Nodiah, and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. You say, Pastor Dennis, what's going on in this passage? Well, what takes place is uh, Shemaiah, who would have been a prophet for the Lord, he comes to Nehemiah and he says, Hey, I've, oh, I'm glad I caught you. Nehemiah, I've got some insider news. Nehemiah, listen, they're going to come kill you. Nehemiah, you, you, you need to come into the temple, but not just into the outer courts of the temple. Nehemiah, hey, hey, I'm gonna give you special permission to come into where we close the doors. Now, to you and I reading this at surface value, we would say that doesn't mean much, but here's the thought. No, nobody except for the priests were to go into the inner chamber where the doors could be closed. But here's Shemaiah saying, hey, 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 I'll give you a special pass. Just this once, Nehemiah. They're coming. Nehemiah, they're going to kill you. Nehemiah, aren't you afraid? And you know what Nehemiah does? He says, I will not go in. Why? Because what you're telling me, listen, what you're telling me and what God is telling me, they don't match up. They don't match up. Nehemiah knew that this was inconsistent with what God had already told him. God had already said, hey, don't ever go into the inner chamber. Don't ever go into where the doors can be shut. Don't quit building the wall and don't go in. And you know what Nehemiah says? Hey, I can't do that. Why? Because what you are telling me is inconsistent with what God has given me. Let me get to the thought very quickly so we can continue. In your life and in my life, the devil will like to come and cause you to fear and to doubt what God has already given you. That's what the devil does. What did he do with Eve? Yea, hath God said. What did he do with Jesus? Hey, Jesus, thus hath it been written, right? The devil quoted scripture to Eve. The devil quoted scripture to, to Jesus Christ. The devil, you know what he does? He likes to take a little bit of truth and poison it with his lies and cause you and I to doubt God. Fear is gonna come. And as a believer of Christ, fear comes by the way of discouragement. Oh man, I battle discouragement. You say, Pastor Dennis, you? Yeah, just like you. Man, we all battle discouragement. We battle hardships. Man, we battle challenges where we begin to say, 
God, um, are you sure about this? God, uh, and, we be, and we, because of our fear, we begin to doubt what God has already given to us. And the devil, he still uses the fear tactic, trying to get us to be afraid and to doubt what we know to be true of God. Nehemiah understood that this was the fear, tra- fear tactic. And he says, I can't come down. Hey, I'm not gonna quit. As, we, as you and I move forward in faith, there are times when we begin to doubt what God has told us. Challenges come and fear comes and doubt comes and we begin to doubt, can God really provide for me? Will God really work in this prayer? Is God faithful like he said? Well, what if God doesn't do this or that? Well, what if God doesn't come through? And we begin to doubt. Can I tell you this morning, we need to have the same response that Nehemiah did. Hey, God, I bring it to you. I'm gonna keep building. God, I give this fear to you. I'm gonna keep building. For the believer, there is great comfort when we come to the place when we can just say, God, please take care of this. Help me move forward. When discouragement and fear come in your life, don't quit. Don't quit. Fear's gonna come this week. Don't quit. Doubt is gonna come this week. Don't quit. Temptation will come, don't quit. Mistreatment will come, don't quit. Fear will come, don't quit. Last one, and this is a big one. Heartache will come, don't quit. Very quickly, I'll just tell you what takes place in verse 16 down through verse number 19. We won't read it for time's sake. Verse 15, the wall is done. Now, if you're building, the wall is done, the enemies see it, you think the enemies would be like, we lost But verse 16 lets us in on the heart of the enemies because you know what they did? They looked upon their own eyes. It says they were cast down. They were much cast down in their own eyes. Why? For or because they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. They knew God had done something. So you know what they did? It's an interesting story. We'll get to it later, so I'm not gonna cover all of it today. Verse 17 through 19 tell us that Tobiah was actually, he was family with tons of people that had worked next to Nehemiah. The reason Tobiah from chapter two all the way to the end of the book has so many insider knowledge is because there were people on the inside. They were feeding Tobiah information. And then Nehemiah says it in this passage that they were coming and speaking good about Tobiah to Nehemiah. Oh, oh, Nehemiah, he doesn't doesn't mean that bad. Nehemiah, he's, he's an okay guy. And you know what Nehemiah faces? For the next 12 years, he faces flies. You say, what do you mean flies? You know flies. They're annoying. Why? Usually they're fast. Most of the times you can't kill them quickly. And they're pests. They're always around. I say that Moses Lake during the month of August is the leftover from the, the, uh, the plagues that Moses cast. Because I feel like in August, it's like fly central here. And we've had times when people are up here singing 
Those of you that are here, don't, I mean, those of you that have been around, you know. Some will be up here singing, and they're going. <laughs> Whole song. I've had it happen to me. You know what flies are? They're just the annoying little pests that it just seems like they will not go away. For 12 years, Nehemiah faced flies. You say, literal? No. He faced people that he knew and he worked with and that he loved. He faced them turning on him and becoming that annoyance speaking against him and becoming that annoyance that kept coming around and saying, oh, Tobiah's not that bad of a guy. That became that annoyance. You know what he faced for 12 years? He just faced heartache. And person after person after person after person was letting him down. You know what he did? He just kept moving forward. He, he didn't quit. Let's scroll through these verses real quick. And I just want to say this, that when heartache comes, don't quit. Hey, in your life, there's going to be ups. And unfortunately, there are going to be downs. I hate the downs. <laughs> Don't you hate them? And it's like when you're in a downtime, you're like, God, um, I'm still here and I could really use something right now. When you face heartache, you know what happens? The temptation is quit. And I want to broaden the scope a little bit and say that heartache may be from people, but heartache also could just be from trials. Heartache could be the death of a loved one. Heartache could be a financial loss. Heartache could be a work, uh, job situation. And there's gonna be tons of heartache that comes to you. You know, what the, you know what the Lord says? Hey, heartache's coming. Don't quit. Why? You don't know what's around the corner. Hey, you, Nehemiah, you don't know. You don't know the story God is using you to write. For 12 years, you're facing heartache. Nehemiah, don't quit. Why? There's something around the corner. And I just want to say this morning, don't quit. Don't quit in your personal life. Don't quit reading the word. Don't quit growing as a believer. Don't quit telling people about the Lord. Don't quit faithfulness to church. Don't quit giving. Don't quit being involved. Don't quit with the building. Don't quit in your family. Don't quit leading as a dad. Don't quit leading as a mom. Don't quit serving. Don't quit having character. Don't quit being uh, somebody who loves other brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't quit investing your life in people. Hey, listen, hey, don't quit praying for that person. Don't quit praying. Don't give up on that son or that daughter. Hey, don't quit. Why? Another victory. It's right around the corner. Hey, it is right around the corner. And the greatest thing about this is, as you and I live for God, God never runs out of giving victories. You never just hit the pinnacle in the Christian life. You know, it never gets to the point where you're just like, well, I've arrived. Look at me, man. I've got the Christian life. It's all downhill from here. No, you know what God does? God says, hey, take a step. Oh, look at that victory. Hey, take another step. Look at that victory. Take another step. Look at that victory. Take another step. And God just keeps giving us victory after victory after victory. So this morning, this is where I want to end up today. As a church, we celebrate 10 years. God really has done a great work. 
God has accomplished so much in my life. Time does not permit me, honestly, to tell you the so many ways that I believe God has grown me. I was just reflecting on that in my time with the Lord this morning, just saying, God, thanks for not giving up on me. And God has worked in your life. Maybe it was last week when you trusted Christ as Savior. Maybe it was five weeks ago when God gave you encouragement about the new year. Maybe it was four years ago when you got baptized. Maybe it was five months ago when you said, God, I'm just gonna get in your word. He's just worked in your life. And I wanna say to you as a church member, as an attender, as a Christian, this is not the time to quit. It's not the time to throw in the towel. Remember what God has done. Remember what God is doing. When mistreatment comes, when fear comes, when doubt comes, when uh, the enemies come, when any of these oppositions, temptation, when it comes in your life, you know, you know what Nehemiah did every time? He just went to God and said, God, I give it to you and I move forward. Well, pastor, why should we not quit? Because remember, it's not about a wall. It's about his name and it's about people. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.